0: Welcome to the 100th and 11th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my good buddy, my good friend, my good pal Floyd Johnson Jr. My good man, how you doing?
1: I am doing well. I just celebrated the birthday of one of the one half of the greatest tag team ever. And we'll talk about the rest later. But go in. And- yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there was one big birthday, too, we'll be talking about as well. But we are not uh, just us two for today's episode. We are joined by a friend of the show. He is a co-host of the Trick or Treat podcast. He is JR Perez. JR, how you doing, man?
2: I'm the wonderful Austin. You know, here we are today uh, as we we're recording July 1st we just got through the first six months of 2020 and i was talking with floyd i said hey please let me get on the podcast and talk to austin and you because i just want to talk about an amazing episode of what we've seen with AEW, especially of um, everything that occurred last night so thank you for having me it's always a pleasure to talk to you austin and floyd
1: yeah I absolutely cr- i cracked up because he's like well i'll say i recorded he said you didn't invite me on the show and i'm like Well, the default show is me in Austin. So unless I think about it, I don't invite anyone on the show. And then I was like, well, you want to be on the show this week? And he's like, no, I'll just wait till next week. And then we're on the phone talking before the show. And he's like, hey, can I be on the show today? I'm like, hey, dude. Yes. You're, you're hurting just, my head <laughs> you, you don't
0: gotta you't gotta knock come in the door and then we'll just start going it's, yeah that's all we gotta all you gotta do
1: yeah what two people talking stuff about wrestling 3 people talking stuff I'm down let's go let's do it absolutely let's yeah, do it. and
0: we got a yeah we got a lot to talk about with aew recently uh because yes first appearance for jr in 2021 and we have ourselves A big show to talk about with AEW Dynamite. The last show at Daily's Place for the time being until they have their homecoming show in August. But they had a nice little send-off for Daily's Place as AEW Wrestling returns to touring. And we get to see them going back on the road. We got a lot to talk about with that. But before we get into the whole spiel of the show, we got to make sure you guys are downloading... This fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us, any podcasting platform it is, a share is always appreciated with your friends, coworkers, family, whoever you wish. It means the world. You can also leave a rating and a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you're so inclined, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. That would be incredibly generous. But the easiest way to support us is on social media. Follow us at, AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex is our podcasting network family. Be sure to follow them and check out all their other shows. I am at SZoomer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And JR, where can people find you and your podcast?
2: Yes. So you can find me, um, on Twitter at Lucha professor. Uh, Lucha is obviously is Spanish for wrestling and I am actually a legitimate professor in higher education. So it's at Lucha professor on Twitter. And then our podcast, it's the trick or treaters podcast. You can find us on Twitter at trick or treat pod. That's at trick or treat pod. You can find our Lake tree. We're part of the slashing cast network. And you can find us on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, we drop our episodes every Friday, so as we're recording uh, Thursday, July 1st, on Friday, July 2nd, we'll drop I Know What You Did Last Summer, the movie review for 4th of July weekend.
1: All All right. right. And before we get started, I'd just like to send a big fuck you to WWE's top 50 tag teams list. (laughs) I knew it! I knew he couldn't resist himself. Uh, I knew they did not have the greatest tag team in the history of their company. Uh, the revival on that list. So I'd just like to say to anyone that had anything to do with that list, even if you were just doing the video editing and you had no idea what you were editing, fuck you. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Shout out to the New Day for getting the rub. You're technically a fashion faction, not a tag team. Uh, shout out to getting the rub for getting that uh, nod.
1: But, I mean, that list was... I don't know. I don't know. The Usos, the only tag team that their whole career has been a tag team was not in the top 5. <sighs> Everybody else had a singles run. Like the new, the, the New Days
0: yeah. best rivalries were against the Usos.
1: Exactly. Oh my god. I mean, I know, definitely an AEW podcast I'm not going to spend long on it, but it literally I like I swore I was telling them uh I was telling both of my co host today that uh, that they were, they were on the list. They had to be in the 30s or something. I, don't, I just don't remember. They weren't on the list. The only reason they were on the show is because they had them getting beat by uh, DIY. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, it's a list so we can make fun of it because it's just a list. But yeah, that's really what we're going to leave it at that with. The but end. we can get into the big news of the week. Uh, like Floyd said, we Have to wish a happy birthday to one Dax Harwood of one of the greatest tag teams out there in pro wrestling, FTR. But also, Floyd, you got to give your boy Cody some flowers. It was his birthday.
1: Happy 36th birthday. 36th birthday to the man, the myth, the legend, the American nightmare, the prince of pro wrestling. For one day, he was also the American dream, the ender of racism, civil rights icon, (laughs) Cody Rhodes.
0: I just love that you threw that in there too. Yes, a big happy birthday to Cody for sure.
1: Yeah, anytime someone brings up racism, like it doesn't exist. Cody ended it. He done. Did you see that? One promo, one promo, gone. One promo, gone. End of racism. Civil rights icon. Uh, You know, name all your black children, Cody, because he's that great. (laughs) Um, But no, you know, he had his thirtieth birthday and like he has a baby that's what like a few weeks old he, he you know just had his 30th birthday where was he last night at the end of the show at work out there taking pictures signing autographs with the uh, with everybody around the the uh, around the floor to uh thank jacksonville for being such a gracious host for the uh, last year and i do as i i do want to say that as someone that travels to events as someone very hardcore HW fan. Uh, I do want to say that th- I thank the city of Jacksonville, and I want to thank uh, all the people like Ryan and Annie, the uh, the people that go to like every show every week. I tip my hat to you because even if I lived in Jacksonville, I don't know if I would have been able to make that happen. Like every show they go to, Ryan and Annie go to every show, and I don't know. I I definitely wouldn't be able to make that happen. So. As a person that's been to all the pay-per-views it just be like it, it, You know you, you gotta work Some days and you can't take vacations And they're there And generally the core audience is really loud And when they're there And it's fun And they're welcoming when you go visit So just shout out to Jacksonville for holding it down I know they There's this thing called burning out the territory And I know they burn the shit out of y'all You know but uh y'all held it down i mean y'all did what you could uh i remember uh back in the day when i used to go to the asylum in nashville and it, it'd just be like it, you know people they're saying people every week like every week and it was just like they had their family and jacksonville had that for a year but and so i definitely thank all of you for holding it down
0: it definitely shows too just with like, like like Stuff like that, like, when ECW would be doing shows specifically in the ECW arena, like, and NXT at the Performance Center and at, uh, at, a Full sale Arena, they, like, like, fans there, like, they were, like, hardcore fans that would go every single show, like, and probably sit in the same seats if they could, because it's just, it became tradition for them, so... Shout out to Jacksonville to be like one of those towns that became that for a wrestling company. Because I think that's held up to high regard in terms of wrestling fandom of just like when a company makes a city its home and how that city responds to that company coming in. And they just there if they embrace it, they lift it up. They try to add to the show being there. It was truly spectacular. These last few shows that they've had in Jacksonville have had great crowd responses ever since they had. Um, Double or Nothing with the crowd back in full effect Like It was great and it's been so much fun to watch um, But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see the show back on the road And in front of new audiences and new cities
1: And speaking of the birthday boy Cody And I'll let uh, JR chime in in just a second hey, He is on the newest edition of Inside the Ropes magazine You can go to insidetheropes.com And ordered. It's a UK magazine, so you got to do the conversion rate. But Cody's on it, so it's worth it. Send it to yourself. Buy it for yourself. Buy it for me, even though I am already buying me one. I'll take another one. All right, JR, what do you have to say about Cody's birthday?
2: You know, one of the things um, I wanted to throw this out there because I I have a kind of a similar situation as well. Um, You know, Cody. Is a very polarizing wrestler, and we, I, we've been on a show before and I talked about it. Um, it's just that he gets heat just because he's Cody Rhodes. But yesterday, I believe it was on Instagram, uh, Amanda Hewer, the widow of Brody Lee, put out this message about really just how good of a person Cody is as a human being. Forget all the stuff that you know happens in the ring, happens with AEW. Just how he's been there for Brody Lee Jr., been there for the family, everything he did. When, you know, from the time the late Brody Lee passed away till this very second with her family. And, man, I just, you know, seen that. And I've had similar situations where I've helped students who've lost, you know, who don't have parents and they really need somebody to kind of look out for them. Currently, I have... um somebody who's ready to attend college lost their parents when they were really young and that was like the whole thing was trying to look out for them for the last decade to get to this point of when they're able to get into college and look out for them to help them in the next part of their life and it's a, I mean to be that mentor it is difficult but not as difficult of by far as a young child losing a parent and that's that's hard to see from the outside perspective let alone you know being the child and for cody to be able to do that for family i just to me that's just amazing it shows what type of person he is and um you know i just show cody some love for his birthday because you know like i said he gets he gets so much he just because of the fact that he's cody rhodes and uh, you know a lot of it's not deserved and um I hope he had a good one. It's crazy to think that he's only, like, when I see him, that he's only 30. Like, to me, he's only 36. Like, some people like, I can't believe he's 36. Like, oh, he's only 36. And we don't know how much longer because he said that, what, he wants to retire by the time he's 40? Uh, yep, that's the age. So, <laughs> enjoy him while he's here.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But also, shout-out, like Floyd said, that Inside the Ropes cover. Shout-out to my boys, Kenny McIntosh, Sandra, and David of Inside the Ropes. Y'all my guys. Uh, But regardless, we can get into the AEW Dynamite review back on Wednesday nights. And for the last time, at least until the homecoming show, last time at Daily's Place, we opened up with the World Tag Team Eliminator match between the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Versus Mad King, Eddie Kingston, and Penta El Zero Mero. If Penta and Eddie won this match, they would get a future title shot against the AEW Tag Team Champions down the road. And my god, we gotta talk, I guess, about what the hell the Elite decided to do with their fucking facial hair. It was so distracting. They they were just, like, trying to absorb all this heat with how they just carry themselves and how they've portrayed themselves, that they've just decided to go and just take Dax... Well, Nick at least took Dax Harwood's uh, facial hair and just was like, it's mine now, and I'm going to use it. Even though it doesn't look good, I'm going to use it. And, like, Kenny had fucking mutton chops, pretty much, and fucking Matt had a ridiculous mustache. Fucking... I'm just I'm I'm swearing over it so much because it was ridiculous. Even Nakazawa had a mustache. I was just like, what on earth are these people doing? Regardless of that, this opening match was very strong. Um it had a couple of slippy spots, I think. Nothing too like crazy. Like, it's obvious that these guys they've wrestled each other a bunch and they're so used to wrestling each other that it basically comes naturally to them. There was a couple spots that were a little off, but it didn't take away from the match necessarily. Um, specifically, how you could very well clearly see at one point that Rick Knox's hand went and hit hit the canvas for a three count, and the fans very much heard it and saw it and called them out for it, even though uh, he still said it was a two count. That was the big moment, and probably, despite the fact that, like, the, the Young Bucks used it to try to create more heat, It was very much a botch, but it still didn't really take too much away from the match. Very strong uh, performance by Eddie Kingston and Penta being able to get the win thanks to the good man, uh, the good man, Frankie Kazarian, the Elite Hunter coming out and just beating the hell out of the Good Brothers. And they were able to get the win because of him and just being able to keep the Good Brothers at bay and. It was really cool to see because, I mean, like, it was, like, the first time in at least a good bit that we've seen the Young Bucks take a loss. And it's good to go to guys like Eddie, who's super over, and everyone's fans of Penta and how he carries himself. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what a title match between them would be like and when exactly we're going to get that. Regardless, uh, this was a pretty strong opener, though, I think. But I'll go to JR first. Uh, Thoughts on this opening tag match?
2: You know, I thought it was good. I will say um, the one thing is, I don't know why Nick Jackson's looking like Joe Exotic. Yep. (laughs) And, um, you know, Matt's little uh, kit from Napoleon Dynamite pencil mustache was, you know, okay. But, Matt it was bad. But, you know, I love me some pencil El Sauron. I say time and time again that I scream into the heavens that I think he's grossly been underutilized for over a year and a half now. And I really want to see him in some sort of title picture at the same time. It's also tough because, um, I'm not a fan of put together tag teams and you know, they're eventually they're you know, we know next week they're going to get a title shot, Eddie Kingston and Pentel Saro M. So part of me wants to see them win. So Penta can get, become the AW tag team champion, but then at the same time, it's like they're put together tag team. So, I, I did enjoy the match that I thought was good. and um, But, yeah, I just... I'll leave it at that because I'm just not a fan of the Young Bucks. I think this whole thing they're doing is very corny. And I know it's like they're doing it just to get, you know, heat. But I'm just not a fan of it. But I'd love for them to lose the titles and move on to somebody else.
1: All right. So, I had this interesting... Well, I found an interesting take. I don't know if anybody else It, it did not catch on, on Twitter. But... Austin, are you a fan of the Star Trek?
0: Uh, I I'm. I'm, I'm a dabble? Of it. I do, have not. Do, I've do, I've dabbled in a couple episodes, dabble, but I've yeah. not been. I've so, not gotten heavily into it. At
1: least. Well, I the one thing I know about Star Trek, if and I learned it from the Big Bang Theory, is when they would ever do evil twin or doppelganger episodes. How would you tell the good guy from the bad guy? Do you remember that? Do you know that answer? I don't believe I do. All right, they would have a black beard. So it would be Leonard Nimoy. Normally Leonard Nimoy is Spock. Facial clear. But the bad Spock had a black beard. He had a black mustache and beard. That was how you knew he was the bad Spock. And it just. I know Cody's a huge Star Trek fan. Right? So know that personally. Because he does a new podcast. About everything but wrestling or whatever. And so. I was like. Because they all did it. All the bad guys in their group all got the dark facial hair. I was like, is this a nod to Star Trek? And no, of course, uh, no one else would see that because, you know, intimate knowledge of, you know, Cody. And I've also been watching. I watch Big Bang Theory every day. So it was fresh on my mind. But I was like, huh, I wonder if that's a nod to that the bad guy mustaches, the bad guy beards. So I just thought that was cool. Uh, the Young Bucks also set it up the day before on their social media by saying Matt is a natural dirty blonde but he, if you didn't know, he could grow out uh, all black beard. He said that. I just, I, It was funny because they did it and then they set it up for the show. It was great. The match was uh, you know, AEW first match greatness. I am not a big fan of the put together tag teams, but in this particular case, they it, it, you at least use some logic to bring these two together, as yeah. in they used to be best friends, and they both hate the Bucks, and their other two part their partners are all injured. That's why they're teaming up together. That at least makes sense to me, um, but. And you have probably the second and third best tag teams in the, in the country, company, uh, Proud and Powerful and FTR, in somewhat of a rivalry together. So you kind and then the Young Bucks have kind of beat everybody else. If you look at the tag team list, they beat everybody else. So you pretty much need a tag team to get them to the next tag team, and in serving in that purpose, I think Eddie Kingston and Pentagon work to serve that purpose. Like I said, we all know Ray Phoenix is. Uh, I, <clears throat> Ray Phoenix is hurt. Uh, we know. I don't know about Pac. I don't think he's actually hurt. I just think he's just kind of ridden off and um, ridden off for right now. And we know Moxley is, you know, home of the baby, I guess, for a little bit, and so he's written off for his injury, so it does work, the Young Bucks need just a win, they need a team to win to move on to the next spot, unfortunately that is wrestling sometimes, you already know who's gonna win, and you just deal with it, but I thought the match was good, I thought the chemistry was good, I think Oh, How the Bucks work versus how Eddie Kingston works, there's very much a contrast to that because the Bucks are professional wrestlers, spot monkey, super kicks, all that other stuff. Anything anyone else says, I don't even know. They have a very athletic style, and uh, that is more in line with how a face would work. Eddie Kingston is straightforward punches, backhands, hard suplexes very much the opposite of what the young bucks do so when they when you get those interactions between the uh young bucks and Eddie Kingston you very much get that different contrast that makes it makes you want to watch it and then of course their chemistry with Pentagon is amazing two of the best tag team matches I ever saw in my life at double or nothing and all out respectively they they're just good
0: yeah, and I would say, too, um, another reason why they probably threw this, this, this tag team together is that they needed to capitalize on how over Eddie Kingston was um, some way, and I guess they just didn't have any like solo feuds for him in mind, so they just kind of remembered oh yeah, him and Penta had stuff to do, and they still wanted to make sure they used Penta because Penta says is super over, and Penta himself is just crazy over too, so I think it, it makes sense why they're doing it, even though it we would have preferred like either lucha bros or Eddie like like another team. Like I would have thought like, if it wasn't for the fact that jungle boys going crazy ham on, on his, on his singles career, like Jurassic express going after the young bucks, it would be a cool little thing. And I think there's a point where they could probably come back and try to go after that too, depending on how jungle boys singles run continues to go. But yeah, I, it's much as much as I understand. If people don't like it, I get it, and like I think it's more so just if it gives me a good match, then that's really all I care about. But we had a short little promo with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy again, basically saying, "Hey, you you took you took Kenny to the brink. Now you have the chance to be the first AEW wrestler to get 50 wins in their career in AEW. So go ahead and do that." And then Jurassic Express came, Luchasaurus saying like to Christian, "Hey." We appreciate you having Jungle Boy's back, so now we got your back. And also, they may be related in some way because of dinosaur reasons, whatever the case may be.
1: Yes, I think that was a joke saying how old Christian is. Yeah, which,
0: all right, there you go.
1: <laughs>
0: Nothing more to say about that. Um, after that was a in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone, interviewing all ego Ethan Page, as well as having Scorpio Sky, the other men of the year, Uh, ring in the ring with that talking about the coffin match with Darby Allen. Um, The crowd was going after uh, Ethan Page. Um, Also, at one point they chanted, we can't hear you. I didn't know if that was actually like they were mocking him or they legit couldn't hear him because
1: his mic was messing up because there was no
0: issue on dynamite.
1: You do. okay. so when you're in dailies. If you're not in the right spot, you can't hear anything they say on the mic because it's an open arena i guess so i just like when i was there and me and tiffany we were like in the first or third row or whatever we would just react based on how we were supposed to react but literally if somebody was talking even at the end when like chris jericho and sammy Guevara cutting that heartfelt promo after the show was over couldn't understand a word they said
0: Okay, so maybe it just needs to be something with with the uh, daily's places PA system. Or
1: yes, and I I even said I I was like, I don't I don't want to be that guy cuz I wanted to tell when we can't understand anything they say. But I was like, oh, it's almost over. They're going back on the road. That's one thing I am thankful for. Shout out shout out to indoor buildings for yes. my, for our boys. They'll get to wrestle in air conditioning. I'm pretty sure it's still hot in the ring cuz all the lights but it has course, to be ready better than being outside in the state of Florida. It's, it's like,
0: at least it's not fucking <laughs> humid.
1: Yes, you will get that. And I was like, because it was like when some people were like, I remember the Bucks and FTR had their match, and it was like, it was fucking hot. <laughs> you know, it was like, dude, it was it was hot. Uh, I believe FTR and the Bucks, it wasn't hot. I think it was kind of cool, but yeah, I would think it was FTR, Hangman, and Kenny. It was like freakishly hot. And I was like, I was trying to tell people that. I was like, I was there. We were sweating balls. They're like, it's hot, but it's Florida. Florida. So now they get to go back into these air-conditioned buildings and, you know, get to see around the world. But, uh, yeah, uh, just like I said, it's just I'm very happy that they get to go back indoors.
0: Yes, but Ethan Page talked about how he's tried many a times to – Cripple Darby Allen and how that's not his goal. His goal isn't to beat him, but to cripple him. He's pushed him down the stairs. He's done all different kinds to him, including referencing their hellacious match they had on the indies where he got thrown into a fucking post. Uh and he's like, So physically, I can't cripple you now. I have to cripple you mentally with the coffin match. So when I put you in that coffin. Every time you try to think to go for a coffin drop, every time you do one, you're going to think of me closing that lid on that coffin on your confidence forever. And he was saying that with a fire in his eyes, and then we had a Sting come out. He's been off for a little bit ever since Darby told him, hey, I don't want you to come in for this this, uh, tag match. I'm going to do a handicap match. Stay home. He, we haven't seen Sting for a little bit. He had been off TV for a couple weeks, so he comes in carrying a coffin on a little wagon or whatnot, brings it over, and then we cut to the screen and have Darby Allin with Ethan Page's face like taped up to his face, and then he proceeds to shoot a flamethrower at like the outline of a coffin, and then all of a sudden... Sting rips the co- the sheet off the coffin. It's scar. It's like charred and all that, like it was burned. And then Darby flies out of the coffin and goes straight for Ethan Page. And then when Scorpio tries to stop him, Scorpion Death Drop from Sting onto Scorpio Sky and he just digs his hands and his fingers into Ethan Page's eyes so much that he gets on the mic. He's like, you know what? You knew you couldn't beat me 100, percent so you do this. So you know what? Fucking matches off. And if you want something in writing, and you don't put your hands on me, maybe I'll allow the match to go like later down the road. Maybe Fighter Fest, and he leaves. But overall, fun little segment. Um, I think Ethan Page is really starting to cement himself as one of the really good heels that they have in AEW. I would like to see Scorpio Sky get a little bit more to do, but that's just me. Um, but this feud between Darby and the Men of the Year or Darby and Ethan Page, I mean, like, like uh, Ethan and Darby already have great chemistry with their previous rivalries on, in other promotions. So it just, these guys work well together. And, yeah, this feud's great. I like it a lot. So I'll go to JR on this one, though. Segment-wise, what do you think of this? And, like, going down for this feud, like, how are you feeling about it?
2: I, I like it a lot. I've been a fan of Ethan Page for a while. He has such a great look, and especially um, over the last sixteen months to two years, he's really transformed his body to look as good as he does today. Uh, he, I think, he's just a natural. He's just a natural heel. Somebody you really want to see get their ass whooped. And Darby Allen, he has a unique persona. People are always gonna, you know, really dig him because of his you, excuse me, his uniqueness which having that in wrestling is tough to do, especially when we've seen every single type of character possible. And the good thing about this is that it's taking the right direction where this should be the blow-off. And after their coffin match, they'll go their separate ways and they'll be bigger superstars because of it. I definitely see Darby just still contending in that upper mid-tier Main you know lower main event role and then I definitely see Ethan Page continuing going up the ladder to even potentially in the next six months going for the TNT Championship if not the AEW Championship because that's how good of um, a heel he can be for AEW. Scorpio does need something because Scorpio is a star and he's been just like like just like really just hanging like by like a thread for over a year and it's just. It hasn't broken through for whatever reason. I don't know if they're... I really believe certain parts of this was waiting for Krauts to come back for arenas for some of these future guys like Hangman, like Scorpio Sky. Um, I'll even throw Jungle Boy into that. Like They're waiting for Krauts to come back for them to be able to have that big moment um, for them to become even bigger breakout stars. But um, definitely would love to see a lot more Scorpio, though.
1: Well... I will say this is, pound for pound, the most handsome tag team in uh, AEW, uh, Ethan and Scorpio. Uh, I, you know, since I've gotten a little taste, uh, I forgot what it was. It was a little biography show, and um, I I don't believe it was Dark Side of the Ring, but it might have been, but they were showing matches from uh, Evolve with Ethan and Darby, and ever since then, I, I was like, Ethan Page has to be in AEW, Ethan Page has to be in AEW and they gotta continue this feud in AEW because some of the stuff they did was like sick and you really couldn't believe it happened so the fact that we're gonna get an Ethan Page and Darby Allin match eventually is like like literally one of the things that makes me happiest about Ethan Page coming uh, I love how they did it, uh, I think we'll talk about the show next week but I think next week's show was too packed I don't think the coffin. They needed the coffin match in that one. Now, if they push the coffin match personally to Fighter Fest Night Two, I don't know why that day is special. Why Night Two would be special, but they should push it back to Night Two if they could uh, for that coffin match. I love the how uh, the whole Sting bringing them out in the coffin match, and I will never, and I mean ever, not pop for a Scorpion Death Drop. Sting could be eighty years old, barely able to move and just kind of falls with the scorpion death drop i will still pop for it i just i don't know why it's just a reverse ddt it's not supposed to be something special but when he does it it just looks so cool especially when he kind of grabs the person's head and looks back at them and then drops them on their head it's just that whole sequence that little thing before he does the move is so cool scorpion uh, scorpio sky sold it like a mug I got to give it to him on that one. And then, yeah, I just thought that whole little segment was great. But Ethan Page, Darby Allin, Coffin Match, main event of Dynamite, give them the last 30 minutes and let them absolutely kill each other. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. We then got singles match, uh, singles wrestling action between Jungle Boy versus TH2's and Hardy Family Offices Jack Evans. Uh, and this was, of course, leading into Jungle Boy looking to get his 50th win in his AEW career, the first person in AEW to do so. But I have a gripe with this match in particular, not with the match, because the match was strong and it was fun, but more so with one Chris Jericho, who has been on commentary for this show the entire time. And he's done a very well job. Uh, he's always done well in commentary, and I've always appreciated having him on. He's a lot of fun to do, do stuff, and he makes great qu- uh, quips. Uh, While on commentary. However, he was the one who managed to point out that this match happened to be Jack versus Jack. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Jack Evans. And I simply have one question. If you were going to bring that up, why on earth did you not call this match the Jack-Off? It was right there. It was tantalizingly sitting right in front of you. Just asking to be used, and you didn't
1: do it. Because I, I, mean, I mean, don't understand. That's what Jerry the King Lawler was there for. That's what he. That was his thing. No.
0: But like yeah. Jericho, Jer- Jericho brought it up, and he would have been the most apt person to make that call. Yes, he didn't do it because
1: he he used to call people jack offs. So yes, uh, yeah, so that that would have been, yeah
0: it was right there it was right there i i was like screaming like bro it's like not even a hard joke to make just say it it's like a throwaway at this point but i just want you to say it because god damn it it's there and i want it used
1: totally tony Khan. T- tony Khan's in his ear don't say jack off don't say jack off don't well, say fucking tony
0: con you're a prude if that was the case let the man say that this matches the jack off it's just too perfect. I'm sorry. I am immature and I like this shit. Anyway, the match itself was fun. Jungle Boy and Jack Evans got to do a lot of great uh technical just high like mixture in with like athletic, agile, technical transitions in their match. Jungle Boy is crazy over. He was able to get the snare trap on Jack Evans to be able to get the win. His fiftieth win. Uh wow. after the match, however, the Hardy Family Office came to make sure they Beat after uh, Jungle Boy because he's gotten into Ma- Matt Hardy's business. So honestly, you you, you affiliate yourself with with Christian. So now you're gonna fa- you're gonna face it. Uh, Matt Hardy and Christian Cage then come and they start fighting each other. Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt go after Private Party, and then eventually Matt Hardy actually ended up getting beat up a little bit. This was the first time Christian was able to get a good amount of offense on Matt Hardy, and he had to retreat. So. We're once again still building to this eventual match between Christian and Matt Hardy, which, again, I'm, I'm it's sold just because of the history, honestly. Like, I don't need much, and I haven't – it's like it's, – it's, it's just plenty enough, honestly. The storytelling has just been done between these two guys' careers with this match itself. So this was cool. Jungle Boy getting his – being the first wrestler in AEW to get 50 wins is a very cool stat to have, and obviously he's super over, so to be able to tout that, even though he – lost the AEW title. He's got at least something uh, to hold on to, even though he lost last week and he didn't become champion. Um, but yeah, nothing really too much. This this did exactly what it needed to do, really. But I'll go to JR on this one first. Thoughts on this match?
2: Um, the one thing I'll say is Jack Evans, I enjoyed his work previous to AEW and Luch Underground. I think he's a great worker. Um, I just personally, I don't see him and, and Helico doing that much in aew i think this is basically like a version of a jobber squash match that aew would have and junk uh with jungle boy i mean it's just always going to be a constant build-up because when you look at the aew roster and you see jungle boy and you know he could be a star he's still only 24 years of age like he just turned 24 and you look at everybody else from like hangman and kenny and like even other people like Phoenix and Penton, and how long they've been, in, you know, in the circuit, whether it was like Impact or New Japan or Lucha Libre, they're going to have a lot of time. Jungle Boy is eventually going to get there. But right now is just keeping him along this track where just investment, investment, investment. And, you know, we essentially got two years of investment in Adam Page. I really think it's going to be about another one to two years before that investment in jungle boy finally pays off where he will be AEW champion so that's what i look forward to like in the next upcoming just continue building jungle boy as far as the other stuff i'm the complete opposite unfortunately like i i'm a big fan of christian cage i enjoyed his work actually as he progressed through leaving wwe to tna i grew a huge fondness for christian cage instant classic and then i love what he's doing with AEW. um I don't need to see Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. I don't even want to see Matt Hardy, like, anymore doing anything. Like, I don't enjoy his work in the AEW at all. So, I know I'm, like, one of the few outliers in that, but um, I'd rather see Christian versus somebody else. I I saw that match when I I was in uh, fifth grade. I don't need to see it again.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, Wow. Oh, wow. That hurts my soul. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Christian is, like, to me, like, he was always consistently good, uh, overshadowed by... uh, uh <laughs> overshadowed by Edge back in the day Matt was overshadowed by Jeff back in the day and it's just like now at their ages now Christian is clearly the best wrestler of the four it's like not even close he's the only one that kind of looks like you know he pretty much looks like he did 10 years ago he's in perfect shape he still moves that well like Matt Hardy can barely walk you 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 see it and then you know um Jeff Hardy's the same way it's just like you can see the hitch in their giddy up but christian's still good uh i definitely want to see this feud uh i think it, it appeals to a different audience it aew than what their normal is their normal is the you know the demo the 18 to 34 year old men that's what they're going for this is for the 35 to 50 year old men which is where i'm rolling you know, the guys that grew up on Christian and Matt Hardy. I mean, I honestly saw the Hardys' first televised match when they were just jobbers. Christian, you know, I saw him when he was Edge's brother, you know, before. And it was just, you know, it was like a long time ago. So this feud doesn't need a lot to stoke it. And it's doing what it's supposed to do. Matt Hardy's using his juice to get over uh, get over his tag team private party. And uh, the butcher, the blade, all the people that he's with. I do think he needs a champion, though. I do think he does. I think he needs a guy that you you see a future in. A lot of his people are just like, you know, private party is eventually going to be the guys in the tag team, but who's his singles guy? I mean, he's his singles guy. So I think he definitely needs another guy, personally. Uh, But Christian, you know, he's a mentor to Jungle Boy. And that's that's his role. His the role is to get the young people over. I mean, shit. He cut the promo for Jungle Boy last week when he needed it. Uh, be, you know, because you know they're not super comfortable with it. But Jungle Boy, will get there, and he'll have people like Christian guiding him. So, as far as the match, I thought it was great. I uh, you know Jack Evans is one of he's uh, athletic marvel to me. Every time I see him, I'm surprised about everything that he can do. I saw him walk. We, I we saw him walk on his hands all the way down an aisle on the way to the ring once. And I was just like, he's a freak of nature. And then Jungle Boy is that. He's the guy. He's Sting. He's their Sting. And there's no, to me, there's no other better comparison to it. I saw how Sting slowly got built up in the late, uh mid to late 80s in uh, Crockett and W. what eventually would be WCW. And he ended up being the franchise I, that's the role I see Jungle Boy playing as the franchise. The first of 50 wins is something he can name the hat on. He'll be able, if he ever goes heel, he'll be able to use that then. Uh, he's got, he had, for one day, he had the same amount of wins as my beloved Red Sox. They passed them today. But uh, shout out, yeah, I mean, Jungle Boy did great. I thought this match was good.
0: All right. Well, I mean, that's what I understand, like, Matt Hardy's like stuff in AEW has not even come close to like the stuff he's done in WWE like that stuff that he did with Jeff and his singles run there too. It's exponentially like well and it's it's got way more likes to it too, but I get, it's such a long time frame ago. It's 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 a different conversation I think. But I understand if you're not a, it, that you're not rocking it with it JR. Um, that being said, though, like again, this this match isn't really meant for fans like us. This is for like the lapsed WWE fan who is like wondering what the hell AEW is, or just a WWE fan that's like something that they haven't cared about any of the guys that have been on AEW because they don't know who they are. And then they're like, oh, I recognize Christian and Matt Hardy, and then there you go. There's a little in maybe you like somebody else. Like you're gonna get that with every wrestling company. Just something that doesn't appeal to you. But that's okay, because there's, like, 40 other feuds that's going on that you can find in the span of what AEW's been putting on that you can latch onto and be like, I like that. But either way, after this was a short little promo uh, from MJF, talking about how he's going to make an announcement next week where he talks about the stipulations for Chris Jericho in order for him to get one more match with MJF— if Jericho can jump through all the hoops that MJF sets up, then he will have one more match against Chris Jericho to finally like put a hole and put a put a pin in this and finish it off, get the last match between these two guys. And then he also used the time to go after Sammy Guevara, being like, you know what? This is being built up as like the future of AEW. Like who's going to be the future of AEW? Um, you know what, Sammy? At the end of the night, it'll be you because I am the now. And very simply put, Great promo by MJF. Never really have anything bad to say about his promos. And uh, stipulations-wise, next week, that'll be interesting, exactly. Because, I mean, uh, MJF has done many of things when it comes to uh, putting uh, roadblocks in people's way uh, in order to get a match with him. I mean, we saw that with Cody. He, like, he lashed him with a belt multiple times and did a whole bunch of other shit that cody had to do in order to face uh, mjf so this is not out of character for mjf if anything this is just right up his alley
1: yeah i thought that i thought this promo promo was top notch some of his best work what'd you think jr And we
2: lost jr oh, no, uh, mjf is just amazing i mean i i talked about how young jungle boy is at 24 And MJF is equally as young as he at the age of 25, but at the age of 25, he's ready to go as your heel champion. If if tomorrow Tony Khan says, you know what, we're going to go a different direction want uh, MJF to be our AEW world champion, he would be, I mean, that would be one of the biggest things is having him as your heel champion and having the next, you know, up and coming baby face to chase for the belt. Um, he cuts a promo like nobody else. I, for my money, the best promo in the business, and he, on a drop of a dime, he, he gets you excited. As far as the stipulations, you mentioned earlier, the the strap, you know, the ten lashes. You know, he also created the first ever steel cage match in AEW history with Cody versus Wardlow. So who the sky's a limit. It could be another tag team, another steel cage match. It could be another lashing. It could be having breaking a guitar over jericho's head who knows what happens um but it definitely just continue building that up to where you the fans of chris jericho are going to want to see chris jericho tear mjf apart probably come all out
0: yep i see that absolutely being like kind of the blow off for that um and it's going to be fun to watch exactly to see what What MJF does. We had a short interview with Andrade El Idolo with Alex Abrahentes. And he uh, comments on how last week uh, the Side elves interrupted uh, Andrade from making his huge announcement he was going to make with Vicky Guerrero. And he's like, you know what? Uh, He called him Matt something, uh, refused to say his last name. And he's like, you know what? Road Rager in Miami. I will make my AEW in-ring debut against Matt something so we got that to look forward to that was really quick we can move quickly into uh tony shivani having an interview with the gold collector himself aw world champion kenny omega this promo was kenny just kind of being like i don't even like i there's nothing i need to do i've done everything i have beat the person who is the toughest guy in AEW. I bet beat the person who's the top selling merch act in AEW, the person who's the best high flyer and the best up and comer with it being Jungle Boy most recently. So I don't have anybody in this company left to defeat. So I'm going to take time off. I'm going to defend my other titles that I have. I will be somewhere else immediately interrupted by the Dark Order and evil Uno. And he's like, You have somebody that we have befriended. You used to be good friends with him. He's the number one ranked singles wrestler of all time in in AEW. And everyone knew his hangman. And Kenny's like, if you're talking about that same person, I don't think he'd like you speaking on behalf of him. And he doesn't have the guts to face me. And unless you got something else on your sleeves, up your sleeves, dark order, goodbye, Good night. I'm out. And... This was interesting. I didn't really think the idea was that Dark Order was going to be the one to uh, make the call and try to challenge Kenny on behalf of Hangman. I did kind of like it character-wise, because of course we would see later on in the show, which we'll talk about that little segment with Hangman and the Dark Order, why exactly the Dark Order took it upon themselves to make the challenge for Hangman. And honestly, makes sense. Hangman has been dodging the question of Kenny Omega for the last few weeks, only talking about Dark Order's accomplishments, what they've been doing, like focusing on like the people that he wants to be around and just carrying that drink in his hand and avoiding Kenny Omega at all costs. So, honestly, makes sense as to why they took it upon themselves to do this. And I like this segment. I thought it was cool. And, of course, Kenny Hangman, like, duh, we know that's a seller. For the AEW title, yes. No question about it. And also... It's very much like we've known that Hangman was set up to be like the workhorse of AEW. The one that was he came out out front in the beginning of the company's uh, first day saying he wanted to be the first AEW world champion. Wasn't the case, but he has grown significantly in popularity since that time. And I think people if if there was anybody that I think people would be itching to take the title off of Kenny Omega, Hangman would be perfect. I think. I think it would be a great decision if that's what they decided to do. But, of course, uh, we'll see what goes on from that point on. Uh, But, JR, first off, thoughts on this segment and anything else, like, if you wanted to comment on Andrade, uh, what you got uh, to say for this?
2: Um, First thing I will mention about Andrade, I just want to say for over 15 years, professional wrestling um, has not had a Latin superstar of the, and when I mean that, I'm talking about somebody the caliber of Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio after Eddie passed away. Um, And this is actually something that Dave Meltzer brought up months ago uh, about like how big Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio was for WWE at the time, especially in those Hispanic markets. Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, California. And I can tell you from experience living on the West Coast, when Eddie, Los Guerrero's were doing their thing, when Rey Mysterio was doing his thing during that time, I mean, people came out in droves. And I hope and pray that AEW takes advantage um, of having Andrade, who looks like a million dollars. Every single time he's come out for AEW in the last month, after double or nothing, he looks like money. He is a world champion caliber. Even as a heel, if you push him, you will grow your audience um, because as somebody who is a Mexican, I can tell you from experience, Mexicans love supporting fellow Mexicans. It's happened in boxing with Canelo Alvarez. It happened in the UFC with Cain Velasquez. It happened in professional wrestling with Eddie Guerrero, and Mysterio. And I know people like saying this because, you know, you have Kenny's the face of AEW or Cody's the face of AEW. If you make Andrade the face of AEW, you will grow your audience. I mean, and as you talked about earlier, that Laps fan of Christian and um, Matt Hardy, you're gonna grow your Latin audience with Andrade. And that's the reason I've always been very high on pushing Panza and Phoenix for the same reason. Uh, moving on to that segment, I love this Kenny. I don't like Kenny with Don Callis. I hate Don Callis. I don't like Kenny with the Young Bucks. I just think the whole thing. But this Kenny, I don't know what about him. Just him as a heel being this character. I just enjoy him as as a single person so much. I find it very enjoyable um, him tapping into those type of promos he was doing in New Japan. Um, this, obviously, if we're playing the seats for Hangman Adam Page, this is something I thought about from the minute that Kenny Omega defeated Hangman Adam Page at Full Gear 2020 eventually this will come around full circle and Adam Page will get his come up in an AW World Championship match. I think if it does happen All Out, I thought maybe it came a little bit sooner. I thought at the earliest would be full gear 2021. Um, I have heard rumors and things have been posted. I think even Kenny mentioned it about how his body's kind of breaking down on him. He may need to take some time off so they may pull out a trigger a little bit earlier, which would make sense because All Out 2019, when Hangman got the title shot against Jericho for the first ever AEW world champion would be two years to that weekend. So it also makes sense, too. Um, I think it's the right move. I've been very high at Adam Page prior to AEW. For me, I think Adam, Hangman Adam Page would be the first made star for AEW because if you think of whether it's Cody, Kenny, Young Bucks, Jericho, they made their, they made their bones somewhere else. But Hangman was still not at that level of the other you know quote unquote elite and he I thought would be the first like homemade world champion for AEW and I
1: really can't wait for that to happen all right going to floyd this was great cuz it was so different than any other the uh, hangman thing was so different than anything I've ever seen like uh, I don't know how long Austin's been watching, but in my 30 years, I haven't seen a, a group of people come out because one of the wrestlers has lost confidence to do it himself. And I think it's just a different take that people of this generation, uh, and like I might be taking this somewhere no one else is thinking about, but people of this generation, you know, like mental health Anxiety, stress is a big thing, and talking about it is a big thing. So you're seeing this wrestler, one of the best wrestlers in the world, actually going through this bout of self-doubt, anxiety, to the point where he doesn't even want to talk about getting his title shot. And who has to lift him up? His friends. They come out and talk. And they didn't just throw the challenge out. They never said his name, but everybody knew what they were talking to. And they was like, Why did we do it? Because you needed to push. You needed the kick in the ass. You're good enough to take the title. You don't believe in yourself. We believe in you enough for it. I just think it's a very 2021 going forward modern day story.
0: Yeah, and like he said, it's like you've waited long enough. Take it now. It's your moment. And the crowd 100% agrees with it because like like I said, the 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 change in dynamic of Hangman Adam Page's uh, – of their their response towards Hangman has grown significantly since he teamed with Kenny, since he started coming around drinking beer with the fans, since he's just been like a full on like you could describe it as like Stone Cold, but like cow, but way more cowboy, um, and less like Rattlesnake, I guess you could say. But yeah, the the crowd is hundred percent behind the idea of like you know what you've waited long enough, go ahead, like you've proven you don't really need to do much else we are totally uh, behind you doing this and the fact that like i said like they've they've planted this of like kenny's like kenny's not been talked about by hangman he doesn't want to talk about it he's just not even had it on his mind and even the dark order knows like bro it's like what do you have to worry about you've been on fire but it's this feud is just it's it's this right here is like it's been done they did it differently, even though they didn't need to, they didn't even need to do something crazy different like that for this kind of feud. But it's shown them being super creative with how they take a surefire hit like Kenny versus Hangman for the title, and they've done interesting things with it too. So props to that, honestly. Uh, we can get into the TNT title match between Miro and Brian Pillman Jr. Miro, of course, been on a tear with that TNT title. Brian Pillman did really good in this match. He had great uh, moments where he would just like fly out of the ring to be able to go into Miro and just really had a good response from the crowd as well. Um, it's a transitional match, of course, for the TNT title just so Miro can continue to rack up his uh, his wins. Um, Brian did great, though, and I I'm loving seeing Brian work. Um, I'm interested to see exactly if the varsity blondes, like if they just decide to do more of them as a tag team, because, of course, like, wow, they use Griff Garrison being attacked by Miro uh, for storyline reasons going into this match for it being personal. Uh, Brian said it earlier in the night on in his in his promo. Um, I'm interested to see if they continue to try to move them up in the already stacked tag division that AEW has, because um, I think the response is there, but I'm not not fully yet. But regardless, this match was great. Miro is fucking one of my favorite things in AEW. He's so good. I love this Miro. This is just like seeing somebody that you've seen mishandled and just like not been able to just fully go out and just be a beast and do the things he wants to do. And it's just – it's so great to see Miro in his element and like he's just killing it. And yeah, he like this TNT run is great and I know it's going to be – uh, super satisfying to see who ends up taking it off him because it's going to be a huge pop and a huge rub for whoever does so. Um, but Miro, I think it, you'd be silly to think he doesn't have world title aspirations down the road, though. No question about it. Uh, JR, first off, thoughts on this TNT title match?
2: Um, I really want to echo your sentiments. I've been a huge on Miro for over three years. I've said it before I, on the podcast. I think going into Double or Nothing, at one point, he had the highest-selling merchandise in for his previous company. He looks like a million dollars. I mean, he, he looks like he will rip your head off legitimately and throw it back at you like if you're a bowling pin. Um, I didn't like the way he started with AEW, but the monster mural is amazing. The only thing I don't like, though, is he's— and I talked to Floyd about this off the air, and Floyd did allude that it could lead to an interesting finish later— is with his finisher, um, he's doing the thing, he's doing this thing where he gets into that camel clutch and mm-hmm. then he leans back and he essentially is pinning himself. And uh, it could lead to a situation, and I would say if you've ever seen WrestleMania 8 with Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, or Summer Survivor Series 96 with Bret Hart, Stone Cold. I believe it happened with uh, Darby Allen and and 10 in the TNT championship match. Where the guy rolls over, gets the three count from a submission. It's just it doesn't look right. I don't like that I'd rather just have him do it regularly. Um, the only thing I want to say just because I feel like I need to say it, I hate AW rankings. I, I hate the fact that wrestling company has rankings because you have Brian Pillman Jr. who's ranked as a number one ranked tag team, Griff Garrison, unranked the singles competition going against Miro. And then vice versa, you have an unranked tag team getting a tag team title shot against Young Bucks next week. It's just, and people bring it up and, you know, everybody's just like, oh, it's, you know, it." It's, you don't have to, some weird thing. And I I just don't like rankings in general wrestling. I think it's dumb. I don't even like it in UFC um, because it was just made for them to sell event uh, UFC fight night. So that's my only thing I wanted to say about that.
1: It's just, It'll let me some arrow. It's just so many weirder things to me in wrestling to dislike than the ranking system, especially when they do go out of their way to explain, like, the reason Eddie and Penta get to jump is because they were in an eliminator match and they want a right for the title shot, which is around the rankings, just like sometimes in other sports rankings. You, you, you still get a title shot, even though you might not be number one contender, so... I kind of get it that way, but I'm not going to complain about your complaint that's your ability. I, uh, I I completely under I understand it because logically it doesn't make sense. The TNT title, though, I will say, it has worked outside of the rankings the whole time. The rankings I don't even think really apply to the TNT title because Cody did an Open Challenge and just wrestled a whole bunch of people that didn't even work for the company. So. The TNT title has never been about the rankings It's about who the champion challenges Or wants to fight at the time But the world title definitely is about the rankings Being the number one contender Means you're the number one contender for the AEW title Uh, This match Miro is booked perfectly I mean, I wish I had a complaint I don't uh, You know, Miro I mean, he has reached that level That everybody was begging for him to reach But of course we live In a time where patience is not something that we do very well. So, yeah, uh, Miro's where he's supposed to be. He looks like a monster. I want him to beat everybody else. Throwing out this prediction, Miro versus Cody, it all out, throwing that out there. I threw it out there to JR. I just want it out there so I can say I'm right later. But, you know, if I'm not right, I won't bring it up.
0: Okay. Yeah, it <laughs> never happened if, that's, if that was the case. But, yeah, I, I understand, too, about the, the game over finisher um but again it could be used to have him lose the title if he just gets too overzealous exactly. and also like and also like i agree like it's 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 it is like a a wham bam slam wrestling like fucking showmanship thing like it really doesn't necessarily do that much da- more damage than it, when he does it normally like but i think people mostly get it but like
1: yeah it's, I mean, you're like bent in half technically when he goes all the way back it's like you're bent in half with a 265-pound man on you pulling back. I I think it still hurts. I would think. I don't sure. want it ever done to me. Hero put on me. <laughs> I'm not going to
0: have Hero put it on me to test to see which one hurts more, or Whatever he does it normally or if he leans back. I'm not going to ask. When I'm not going
2: to test that. Chicago for all out, I'm going to try it on Floyd when we get to the hotel room.
1: Well, okay. so first of all, it's going to hurt me because I am the least flexible human on earth. Uh <laughs> I, I got to take
0: twi- it. on the all yeah. all things elite Twitter.
1: My bad. Yeah, I got to take a deep breath to reach down to touch my knee. So I, I'm not the person that you want to fix. Now Austin looks really, really flexible. Yo, yo. Look, and he's Why young, shit? and he's young. And I mean, he runs like ten miles a day. I think he would probably yo. be a better test subject. Full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be better test subject for you. He's in super good shape. You know what I mean? Moving, yeah. moving, <laughs> moving off of this conversation. Um,
0: there's the Dark Order Hangman backstage segment that we got. We already talked about that a little bit. Uh, short little segment with Team Taz with Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs where they announced how Brian Cage is going to be defending the FTW Championship against Ricky Starks. On AEW Dynamite July 14th.
1: Those efforts, um, they couldn't push you back one more week. One more week. They had to do it in Austin.
0: Yep. They had to do it in Austin. Couldn't do it so your boy Floyd could go and see that match. Um, I'm excited for the match, honestly. I kind of would have wished that they actually got a. Uh, like, a full-on segment for Brian Cage and Ricky to get, like, face-to-face and stuff like that, but I know Ricky, like, technically is still, like, dealing with an injury at the same time, but, I mean, he'll be cleared for the 14th still, it seems like, um, but I'm glad that we're at least getting what could be the closing point of this, uh, feud, or possibly more so going on afterwards, um, but, yeah, it gives Team Taz something to do, which I'm always happy with, um, but, yeah, I mean, like, is Ricky really going to beat Brian, though? Like, that's that's my only question. Like, is that... Did, did, does anyone see that happening? Or am I the only one that thinks, like, that's a, not a fore... It's, it's a <laughs>
1: foregone conclusion that Brian kills Ricky. No, I think Ricky wins. I think Team Taz is turning on Brian Cage. Okay. that I mean, that's that's what I think. I think that's how it's been written. Brian Cage is a f- going face. So I, I, I even think... I might not say a new person debuts, but I think someone... Uh, someone someone else joins Team Taz. Okay. Yeah, that's how I see it. I don't know. What do you think, Mr. JR?
2: I, I agree I, I, with you, Floyd. I do think that um, Spricky Stark wins due to interference. I think something will happen. Um, I think we're going to potentially get a few that I thought was going to happen last year. Um, I think we're going to end up getting a baby face cage. Versus a heel powerhouse Hobbs feud, where last year I thought I was like, we're going to get a massive babyface Hobbs versus the heel Brian Cage feud. I think they're going to. It's really going to be used to push uh, Hobbs as the big monster heel, fourteen Taz, and you will see Brian Cage as the, the new babyface monster.
0: All right. I guess I just assumed that they were going to really continue this feud much afterwards, but if they are going to do so, then yeah, I guess that makes the most sense, if that's the case. Next up, though, we have AEW Women's Champion Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, teaming with Rebel to face the Native Beast Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Now, we have to comment on the fact that at one point in the match, when uh, Rebel tried to go break up a pin, she uh, injured herself and immediately like had to crawl out to get out of the ring and be checked up on doctors um i do we have a do we have a confirmation as to exactly because we're filming this a day after dynamite aired do we have a confirmation on what the injury was floyd uh,
1: dislocated kneecap
0: all right yeah that's that sucks and do we have like a prognosis on the most of uh, the
1: time if they can just pop it back into place uh she'll be have a knee pad and be on crutches which she's been on crutches for her gimmick before so it kind of works (laughs)
0: <laughs> it 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 genuinely kind of works, yeah, in that sense. It's kind of weird how that happened, but either way, it sucked to see that happen. You could tell as soon as she made contact with, uh, with the uh, the breakup of the pin, like she was hurt. She had to be like very slowly moved out of the way by Nyla over outside the ring because uh, she she hurt herself pretty bad with that. Um, regardless, though. This match was fine. I think. I mean, it's it's a tag team match where we have Vicky Guerrero uh, being a part of a part of the match. Which I mean, I love Vicky. I mean, I know she's not a wrestler, but like, she's a great heel, uh, heat magnet. Um, but besides that, um, it was like it was there for Britt to be able to put that on Vicky and get after her. But like, to have something at least to continue onward with the feud, uh, because after the match was over, Nyla jumps Britt and slams her through a table on the outside. Uh, beast bombing her through that table, uh, just to be able to continue the uh, the heat for Nyla to eventually challenge Britt for the title in singles action, um, and like like it did what it needed to do. Obviously, it sucked with the Rebel injury, but it I think this was fine enough, and it was it was a decent enough like prelude into the main event match that we would have. Um, oh, I'll go to Jr. Okay. first. Oh, or do you want to go, Floyd?
1: I was just gonna say and Jr. can talk about the match. I think they still should be getting Thunder Rosa more wins because I feel yeah, I'm like we're building. I'm
0: surprised we're not getting more of her.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're building the Thunder Rosa versus Brick it all out, and I'm just like, okay, Thunder Rosa should be. You know, wrestling weekly, and she should be on dynamite. She should be like when Brit and Nyla go against each other, Thunder Rosa should be in the crowd or on commentary. She should, you have to remind people that she's still a threat. I'm just talking about the general audience. This is not like super hardcore thinking forward wrestling fans like that. You have to give them, you know, you have to, like, okay. Well, there's Thunder back over there, you know, and I, I don't think they've done a good enough job of that. But what did you think about the match, Mr. JR?
2: As you mentioned, it is what it is. Um, you had Vicky Grow who's, who's not a wrestler, and you have Rebel, who unfortunately suffered that dislocated kneecap. Uh, I was just doing some research. Dislocation is weird, but it's one of the more if you're going to have a Um, an injury, dislocation is better than broken or torn uh, anything, so it looks like six six to eight weeks she should be hopefully fine, and this is actually a few, though, that from the minute the AEW was created with the Roman's division, when they signed Burt Baker and Nyla Rose, I was like, that's their Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong. Well, Gail Kim versus Awesome Kong was for TNA, that could be Nyla Rose and Burt Baker. I even said, even thought about that double or nothing, when they had their, uh, end up having their uh, fatal four way match um, that had Awesome Kong and Kylie um, Car- uh, Ray. Um, the only thing though is, it's very weird though, because I'm assuming how this is quickly progressing, this will be a match that will happen at Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen. Um, so the problem is that you just turned a Hilbert Baker babyface. And AEW doesn't have a lot of heels. They, uh, heel females like it's like Nyla and and Ali. And like that's really and I'll it. Be forward. So like, who are you gonna go to All Out if she's your babyface? Unless it's just the two, you know. I don't want to use the term, but I'll just say the two, you know, baddest women, or I was gonna say baddest bitches, but the baddest women of AEW who had that like outmatch a non-section like outmatch you know bird versus thunder rosa at all out like i just i'm i don't see where the direction i'm going after nyla rose
0: i i will say uh whether it be like i said if they end up having Allie get a shot for it um i think the end goal is to go to uh uh oh my god why am i blanking on her name that bitch fucking I jade cargill know. jade cargill yeah that's going to her i think I think that's the end goal, at least for this feud. like At least for this run, is that Jade would be the one that goes after her.
1: Yeah, I, I made it very clear. Jade should uh, very much be undefeated for a long time, but not necessarily in the title picture. Uh, and then, you know, you get to that point where it's pretty much inevitable and she has to be in the title picture. That makes sense. Uh, as far as this match, it was a match. It was there. Um, yeah, Vicky Guerrero shouldn't wrestle on national TV. I mean, we even talked about it. We thought it was going to be a swerve where she had a last-minute, you know, last-minute uh, substitution or something like that. I just thought it would I thought it would be something, you know, like no way Vicky Guerrero is wrestling. And, I, and she's very entertaining to me. I love Vicky. Don't get me wrong. I love her, but I, I don't want to see her wrestle. You have too many wrestlers which she doesn't I have to, to wrestle.
2: I, I want to say this, though. The one thing that we haven't talked about, I do agree with you, what you guys said about Jake Cargill because she has, I think she is one of the most amazing, gifted athletes I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Looks like a million dollars. Very quickly, it's proven that she has the athletic ability to catch on very quickly. I think that's, event. in my opinion, I feel like that's a year away. But again, I you know it is wrestling, so anything can happen. Um, I I just don't see them pulling trigger for all out or full gear to have that go that direction. But I definitely see maybe next over or nothing or next all out 2022. And the I, I think
1: I, I think Jade needs to be the face, though. I think I think it w- w- she wouldn't beat Britt. She would beat whoever's after Britt personally.
2: Um, the one thing I will say though is we are right now in July. Just throwing this out there. Um, going into Garland, Texas. The second night of Fighter Fest, that would be the first event, like the first AEW event, that a whole lot of very talented women would be potentially available for AEW to bring in. That could lead to something for all out. Just throwing it out there.
1: Yeah, 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 it's absolutely a possibility. I mean, I mean, it's it's that's the great thing about Texas is that they they have a thriving like. Independent scene. Their show's going on all the time. They have women's wrestling. I believe Booker T has a complete women's show coming up uh, soon. So, yeah, they'll have a lot of talent that they could bring in.
0: Yeah, and you still got, of course, the few the few uh, women wrestlers that were released in the wave of WWE releases. Of course, that might be getting a call from AEW. Uh, so uh, there's, there's,
2: I think uh, I you'll that, probably see some additions to the roster. I um, think
0: eventually, at least in the that's Warriors. what I
2: was alluding to. I didn't want to go out and say, it, but I said after July, that event in Garland, Texas, that would be the first of, like official AEW event that anybody who was there was a like Chelsea Green. And uh, now the inspiration would be available to be part of AEW.
1: Yep. so uh, yeah, and and my favorite name to throw out there every now and then, Tessa Blanchard. I just like to throw it out there. I know sure. people, you know, I know people have different feelings, but I want her to come to AEW, and she lives in Texas. Hmm. Yeah, all right, so yeah, that would be cool.
2: All
0: right. Finally, main event time. We had the first time ever meeting of the Pinnacles, MJF versus the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara of the Inner Circle. This was a really great main event. Like Sammy did crazy great stuff. Um Floyd mentioned this before, but I mean like it's it's one of those things. Like I understand that people aren't a fan of this specifically with AEW. Uh, MJF hit a Fucking jumping tombstone from the second rope on Sammy, and he kicked out of that. Um, in any other world, that would be a finisher, like, and that would end the match. But or or if it was in a tag match and that happened, someone would break it up, or someone would interfere and cause the referee to look away, or whatnot. I I understand if that's an issue for some people. It, I mean, it's a crazy, ridiculous spot um, that would do so much damage. But I get it. And I'm sure Floyd will cover that a little bit more if he wants to talk about the match after that. Um, But this match was great. Sammy, like, literally these are, like, everyone would talk about uh, AEW being, like, they're only known for uh, bringing in guys from WWE. I'm like, there's two non-WWE guys right there. Like, two of their younger guys in AEW, main eventing Dynamite and, like, fucking tearing the house down. So, like, they did so well, MJF. Always bring quality. Uh, Having um, uh, Jericho try to stop Sean Spears from interfering in the match, but then getting hit in the back by Wardlow and then thrown off of the stage. And then Sean Spears causing the. uh, While the distracted referee checks on Jericho, hits Sammy with the chair and just MJF slowly goes and makes the cover and gets the the cheap win. Uh, Works great. Sammy isn't going to suffer too much for this. MJF of course is still crazy crazy over and needs to continue that heat going into when he faces Jericho again. And Sammy I think will be he'll be good uh, regardless. But this was such a great uh closing match to uh the last days place dynamite at least for a few months. Uh JR first off I'll go to thoughts on this main event.
2: This main event honestly I think this may be Without even you know, top five AEW match you know they've had in the, the almost two year history of AEW dynamite, um it had everything you can ask for. It had grappling, it had technical abilities, it had high flight. How about that that crazy aerial top rope uh spin that Sammy did over the guard row, picture perfect to hit MJF he in flew in like a cannonball. I mean if you look at that, in order for him to do that with neither one of them getting hurt and landing into chairs, it has to be picture perfect accuracy, and Sammy nailed it. Um, they they are for sure, um, you know, the future of AEW. You know, Sammy, the guy you we know, we started with Jungle Boys, and I'm saying it with Sammy. You know, in two years, that's your TNT champion. You know, it's just these guys are really young, but they're really good. So that's why they're on TV because they deserve to be on TV. It's just it's it to me. It's very reminiscent of the young Hardy boys and young Eddie Christian that we saw. Like their time, they need to be on TV, but their time is going to come. And that's why I see with like Sammy um, Guevara. The only um, and real quick shout out to the Canadian God, the Chairman Sean Spears. Happy Canada Canada Day to you, sir. Um, the one thing that does what they want to say that I wish AW cuts back on is it. not going to happen, but sometimes there's a little bit too much. Um, the term is called fuckery. I Interference. Yeah. Nice. I, 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 you know, that's what we call it. Uh, GCW they call it fuckery, but you had it in the opening match, you know, that led to Penta and Eddie Kingston win. You had it in this one that led to MJF win. It's just sometimes I wish they just dial it back. I just in those two instances, it's very hard because you don't want to hurt either. You don't want to hurt the young bucks because they're the champions. You don't want to hurt Sammy Guevara, um, but at the same time, it's kind of like MJF winning cleanly is makes him, you know, even a bigger deal. But that's the only thing. I mean, when I say negative, i just tiny, tiny negative. It's just like one yeah. percent negative. It's just I wish it would have been a more clean, but I understand why they did this, and it is—it's to protect Sammy.
0: Yeah, and again, like I think, I think it's fair to say, like you, you'd like it if a match was and ended cleanly and didn't have interference. But I will say, like I will take like shenanigan wins over DQ and countout wins, like oh, every single day of the week. I will take that every day of the week.
1: Well, halfway through this match, I had that five star feeling. I was like, man, this is a five star match. This is one of the best matches I've seen like all year, maybe last year. They have this amazing, amazing chemistry. Uh, I believe around the tombstone spot, I was like, "Ah, I'm still five stars. I don't like to kick out, but whatever. He hits the 630, and I'm like, I'm loving it, and then the interference comes. Now, interference is wrestling to me i will say that it is wrestling to me interference and run-ins are as just much wrestling as a wrist lock or a headlock or a finisher so i think they go hand in hand this particular match and how good it was and how amazing i was into it, it good lord i hate it it worked exactly how they wanted to because i hated mjf so much for the interference because I was like, man, this match is so good. This is so good. Uh, this is so good. Why are And then, you know, the MVP of the pinnacle, my boy, the perfect 10, Sean Spears, boom! Hits a home run on his head. And honestly, this episode of AW Dynamite was to me the most horseman that the Pinnacle has looked. I mean, that that's f-
0: that's, a, that's a statement.
1: That finish... Basically, that was 1985... 86 era, four horsemen, Ric Flair finish. If I've ever seen one. It was... This is the most that they've looked like the horsemen. It started last week with, you know, with Sound Spears... Loosening... Uh, trying to... Uh, to hurt Sammy Guevara before his match and then them jumping, uh them jumping Conan, and it was like I was starting to feel it, and it's like they are fully in their horseman stride right now. They look like the horsemen. MJF is the perfect leader. He I don't I don't know if he's as good at twenty-four as Ric Flair was at twenty-four, because I have no idea how good Ric Flair was at twenty-four. I think he was like 35 before I even started watching him but MJF is special and you know someone is special when he has had a great match with a guy that wrestles Mox's style a guy that wrestles Coley style and a guy uh, Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara the two more quicker high fighter styles he is so good that he looks good no matter who he's wrestling and he makes them look good Pay attention to MJF. You know people will be talking about him as far as one of the best wrestlers in the world, and not because of his mic skills, because of what he does in the ring. So I just thought this match was special. I I, I think I, I start. I went ahead and went with four and a quarter, even with the interference. But yeah, I, I honestly can say it's like I don't think a clean loss would have hurt. Well, a clean ish loss would have hurt Sammy at all. But it does work for MJF's character that that's how he won because he said he'd win clean in the middle and he literally won in the middle of the ring. And if the rest don't see it, it's clean. Uh, I was a perfect main event for these guys. Uh, Perfect showcase of the youth that AEW has. I'm I'm hoping some people saw it for the first time. We're like, well, I want to keep up with these two.
0: Yeah, because you should, because they're that da- they're freaking good. And the last thing they did for AEW Dynamite for this night uh, was a great little video package, little tribute montage of since they moved to the Daily's place uh, when COVID hit back in March. Just a montage of some of the great moments that happened in the Daily Place, Daily's place run with AEW Dynamite. Really cool to see this like flood of montage of great moments that we've had over the year uh during the pandemic basically like they're just giant like thank you to Jacksonville for holding it down for AEW during this ridiculous time and for the fans that came in droves when they were allowed to and shouted and screamed and cheered and chanted and did all that it really was a great thing to watch um we um I don't want to mention it too much because it's stupid um after that uh we had JR Flub and say WWE Dynamite um and Twitter went after him crazy. Um, fucking guys, knock it off. Knock it off.
1: Dude, I like, was I was so I was so upset at this because I misspeak on this show once a week. Once at least. Like I'll be like, I mean, you know, I'll be like, MJF, I mean Chris Jericho and stuff like that, and it's just He's on. He's been on TV forever, and the, the sad thing, the thing that you have to accept, and I don't understand why people don't. Is this man's almost seventy, and you're saying, "Oh, over the last six months, you can. Oh, he messed up five times. That's not a lot for what he does for a living. You understand that, right? Ninety nine point nine percent of the show, he doesn't mess up. But that one flub, eh, it happens But yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be like The dude's 70 you know. I'm 40 and I forget things As I pointed out on Twitter uh, Me and my friends are old Old enough where we still call each other Well, occasionally I will see something And I'll be like, oh, I need to call my friend Jason And I'll pick up the phone, dial the number And it starts ringing It starts ringing And it rings like three or four times He answers the phone and I'm like, I completely fucking forgot why I called you
0: yeah. and here's the deal uh, here, and here's the deal with, and here's the deal with the whole situation too i mean we literally had fucking dave lagreca of busted open saying if you tweeted something about jr's flub and we're like giving him shit for it you're not a wrestling fan which is a major statement but i will say like i won't go that far but the people that are like going after and dogging him for it y'all can't do the shit he does even oh. at 70, y'all can't do
1: the shit he does oh no i i, I call i commentate shows for local indies, nothing on the level of AEW, I have no problem admitting this, this is just, my friends say hey, you want to come to call these shows, and, and dude if you probably counted in that three hours how many times I messed up, or said the wrong name, or wrong finisher I called the guy the wrong thing for like the whole match, and then I realized I was talking about the wrong guy it's hard it is insanely hard I'm so.
0: making it my career to do this thing. And, like, I am, like, like I, I am, like, knowing how hard this job is, and I'm not good at all. I am just starting. And I know JR is one of the greats, and he will always be one of the greats. The fact that he's even still commentating after everything he's been through, after so much he's given to the business, even with his condition that he's had since he's been in the business, like... Y'all are a bunch of fucking scrubs. You can't even sniff the shit that he does at this level. So kindly shut the fuck up and sit in your place. Like, honestly, like enough. Like, you're ridiculous. But
2: regardless of that, the final uh, segment was amazing. Can this JR interject? Yeah,
0: absolutely. This JR can totally interject.
2: The, The one thing I think people need to understand is... I, what the, and I want to make an, a, a general assessment is that I feel like the people who are saying this are these young Gen Z individuals and didn't grow up with JR like I know I did and Floyd did um, and they often criticize them because they come from this internet wrestling age of their like they want Baro Nalo or they want um, uh, you know Don Callis or they, they want these 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 guys that to them is like the indie guys in my opinion and I love Maronello. I watched them commentate on Strike Force, MMA Belt or MMA professional boxing. Like they need to go get these guys. Okay. How do you know they even want to come? How do you know they would want to come to potentially replace Jim Ross? The second thing is like, do you realize how much credibility Jim Ross gives to AEW? over Excalibur as great as... I love Excalibur. I think Excalibur Excalibur is amazing. Jim Ross is called Wrestling Matches for National Wrestling Alliance, World Championship Wrestling, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, World Wrestling Federation, and to World Wrestling Entertainment. When at a time, over 5 million people were watching wrestling, Jim Ross was commentating. He brings that credibility and legitimacy to the point where even after he left WWE, they wanted him in New Japan pro wrestling they wanted him to call even uh mma he was calling boxing for i believe it was cbs or fox sports it was boxing in vegas that i actually i tuned in because jim ross is calling commentating those events no other reason just because jim ross was there he brings a legitimacy and credibility to your wrestling promotion that's why you have jim ross because to get everybody else and i think that's what people fail to understand is that you as a person, as a viewer, whether you're 18 to 25 or is just one segment of a bigger population that AW is trying to attract because, and I'm going to be completely honest, like if people may disagree with me, professional wrestling numbers right now are not good, especially when you look at where it was, you know, five to eight years ago. It's doing well, and I'm sure they're happy with it, but they would love to give back to over 2 million people, especially when you consider TNA was. Having people like Jim Ross and having guys like, and you had mentioned earlier with the Christian Cage and Matt Hardy, it helps with that. And then you grow your younger people, where Excalibur will be potentially the next Jerry the King Lawler um, in his shoes, where maybe you'd get a new up-and-comer commentator that would replace Jim Ross in a, in a year or two it's all about it's it's an equation that you have to make yourself get a broader audience that's what it is and i just think people i, I get it and it's it's a gaff but like did he commit murder on national television no he made a gaff if it's if you think
0: it's if you think it's funny, of course, yeah, it's absolutely it's funny. Like it's like if if a if a guy slips up on a promo or something like that, it's always funny to like to like take a laugh at it, but to be like, "JR, fucking sucks. You're full of shit. Like you're full of shit." And also, if you're gonna go on the mindset of like, why not get a guy like Mauro? Mauro screws up t- too. marl has been on camera and he's messed up calls too. No commentator is perfect. There are different styles for different shows and different matches in different companies. Everybody is at a level where they just try to do their own thing and try to do what is needed to get the match over and to sell what's happening. And JR still does his job better than most commentators at 70. And he's still one of the greats. So you're not going to be able to touch him on that. And yes, he messed up. Everyone has messed up, including everyone on that booth in Dynamite, including everybody in WWE, including everyone in New Japan. No commentator has gone their entire career without making a flub. It's not possible. You are going to flub. And you just got to deal with it. But that, I want to leave it at that because I don't want to focus too much on that. Because I just want to really, before we get into the Road Rager preview, I just want to say, like, again, like, the time frame of what we've had in Daily's Place Dynamite and during the pandemic with AEW, like, it's crazy how good it was considering the circumstances because we got so many great moments, so many great matches, so many great, like, championship reigns and so many great title uh, retains and, and victories and new champions and stars being made and crazy matches that we would have never expected to have in pro wrestling if it wasn't for the circumstances that were brought. Um, and, yeah, I just – again, I want to say one one last time before we get into the preview, like it- – like I I I thoroughly enjoyed what AEW gave me because like it was one of the things that got me through this fucking mess of a year. It let was- me
2: let me add to that, Austin is um because I looked I wanted to double check March eighteenth was the first AEW Dynamite that was at Daly's place and when Cody cut that promo, that was the first day that I had had to work from home and I'm still working from home to this day March 18th, 2020, to this day I'm still working from home for my job. Mm -hmm. I if you people go back and I have a very vivid memory during that time when AW was went to daily's place and then two weeks later they started doing the shows the nightmare factory the world and it's still chaotic it was insane grocery stores were cleared out you couldn't find diapers you couldn't find formula you couldn't find meat you couldn't find dairy products you couldn't find nothing we had no idea what was going to happen we had no idea how long we're gonna be home I remember some of those events, like they were quickly trying to tape everything because they were literally saying the health department was going to come and send them home and shut them down. All wrestling companies, WWE included. I mean, th- you had a situation where the Young Bucks couldn't come out of California. Uh, flights were canceled. People couldn't, I mean, you could not leave your home. And we as a global society have gone through a lot in the last 15 months and i know a lot of countries are still going through a lot especially as this pandemic still goes on and here in america things have opened up because of vaccines uh distribution and stuff like that but it has been a crazy year and to think about how we all have endured through loss and heartache and been able to get to this point um it's just very surreal thinking about that, especially when I saw that video. And the night before, so on Tuesday, I went to a baseball game, and I was surrounded by 50,000 people. And then to see that video where Cody's cutting that promo in front of an empty you know, arena and knowing that in the, about two months, we're all going to be together for all out in Chicago, it's just really crazy to think about um, everything we've gone through in these last 15
1: months absolutely 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 Floyd you got anything to add to that um dude again uh all i could say is i i keep forgetting uh, like the time of year it was right it doesn't feel like what 7 months ago brody lee passed away you right i mean um like covid like took a year and just literally me trying to explain what happened in 2020 versus 2019 i get mixed up all the time uh, man my appreciation for what AEW was i'm like i don't know if i, w- I would have remained sane if it wasn't for the company lasting so they shout out video and everything that went into that just it, it 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 touched my heart just because i know those people in that 20 30 mile radius i know some people that drove up from miami all the time and that's not a short drive it's just like yeah i I shout out to the people of florida and jacksonville for uh keeping AEW going
0: absolutely now we can finally uh get towards the end of this episode of all things elite by talking about our preview for road rager next week uh in miami florida the matches that have been announced: We have the Jericho MJF standoff, which will have the stipulation announcement from Jericho about um, for MJF about what Jericho has to do in order to get a match with him. Uh, Eddie and Penta team up to face off against the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team titles. They will immediately get a, a match again to for the titles, so that's when we're getting the tag title match between them. Cody Rhodes faces off against QT Marshall in a sub in a South Beach Strap match. Chris Statlander teams with Orange Cassidy to face the Bunny and the Blade in mixed tag team action. Andrade gets his match against Matt something. And Jake Hager and Proud and Powerful will be having Conan on, 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 on ringside to face off against FTR
1: and Wardlow with Tully Blanchard on ringside. I think they made a mistake because they said in the first time in Dynamite history is a mixed tag team match. But Cody and Red Velvet. Yeah, against yeah, yeah. 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 Against okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah. again,
0: commentators make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not uncommon.
1: And it was the video package for that match. It's like first time in AEW Dynamite history. I'm like, I don't. I don't think so. But okay, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have a lot to live up to for as far as that. The first mixed tag to this mixed tag. But I think they got the talent to pull it off. Uh, I'm very excited about next week. Uh, thing I'm most excited about Other than Cody Is that six man tag Cause I think some shit's going down And this is like the first time Really proud and powerful And FTR are in a regular match So I'm kind of looking forward To seeing what we get there I don't know how long, I'm wondering, and JR maybe get his thoughts, how long can they hold off from just giving us the tag team match? Because they're obviously building it up to be a huge match. But when do you think it's going to actually happen? So, pass it on to JR to talk about the show next week.
2: Well, July is packed because you have Road Rager, and then you're going to go into uh, Fighter Fest Night 1, Fighter Fest Night 2, at the end of July, Fight for the Fallen. I mean, the way that they kind of plan things out, you know, I could see them waiting to all out to have that match. and It just seems like why that's it entire two months. But you also have when you think about it, it was like when is the last time FTR had a match on Dynamite? So they, they they've always in order to try to get more people on Dynamite, they kind of have like a, for lack of a better term, a rotation. So I could see them something happening at Road Rager. That's going to delay them getting back in the ring with each other until like August that would set up all out because I, I really don't at the end of the day besides the tag team, you know, the Young Bucks tag team championship match like there is no other bigger tag team match to have than Proud and Powerful versus FTR.
0: Okay, well, I. Uh, if anyone else has anything else to say about the preview, I think we can just get uh, the last couple uh, news headlines out of the way, and then we can wrap up the show. So I'll, I'll toss it to Floyd for the uh, for the headlines if he wants to go through and run through what we got left in news for AEW.
1: Yeah, the biggest news from uh, Dynamite, the announcement the All Out, there's going to be an All Out week, uh, Wednesday, September 1st, Friday, September 3rd, Sunday, September 5th, there will be Dynamite, Rampage, and uh, All Out, as, uh, irrespectively. And they'll be all in the same building, Sears Center Arena. And they're calling it All now Out. Now known the Now Arena. Nope, not calling it that. It's the I know, Sears Center. Okay,
0: officially it is the Now Arena. Sears we'll But it, it's official.
1: Sears Center Arena, sir. Oh <laughs> no! Uh, no I
2: agree with you, but uh, I'm, I'm a, just trying to make sure I say it
1: right. Okay, because you know, I'm
2: going to protect Floyd and I'm going to protect this podcast uh, because it's just someone's going to be like, I'm looking for a Sears Center to get tickets, and then they're going to end up suing Floyd for like for, for false information. It's the now arena. Don't listen to crazy man. He's a diehard. I love him to death, but it's <laughs> now arena.
1: Greatest, the greatest wrestling moments of my life were in the Sears Center arena and that's where I'm going back to to Sears Center Arena I don't care about their company whatever their, name, their branding it's the Sears Center Arena to me forever but July 9th those tickets gonna sell there is gonna be combo tickets for all three shows um yeah I guess they're gonna do uh, there might be like pre-sale codes or whatever but look out for those but the official sale date is July 9th I I can only say from The Hunger Games I've got my three fingers in the air together. Let the odds be forever in your favor, because I, I even everybody's like, well, it's gonna sell out in thirty minutes, and then someone's like, oh, it's gonna sell. I'm I'm going to sell on... i am going eight minutes, and the reason I'm going eight minutes is because they're actually when they were Sears Center, they did their tickets themselves. They're actually running it through Ticketmaster. Who can handle the traffic that the Sears Center couldn't handle. So I think for all the transactions to go through, the tickets will be sold out in eight minutes. That's my uh, prediction. I might be wrong. But no, I'm talking about the All Out. The other two shows, you'll probably be able to get tickets to pretty easy. But uh, first, third, fifth. Uh, I imagine the Fan Fest, Fest will be on the fourth. And hopefully they do many sessions. And so there's a window there in the second. I believe there's, we would be in JR Talk. There's like three or four GCW shows that week. So if you're looking for a wrestling week to, you know, uh, that Chicago week will be great. And the second thing is MJF and Sammy G are certified draws. The uh, most view quarter hour for AEW Dynamite was the end of the show from 9:45 to 10 Eastern, which was watched by 962,000 viewers total, 517,000 in the 18 to 49, uh, and that was a 0.40 in the demo for that 15 minutes. 883,000 average viewers for the two hours of the show. So they uh, that was coming back to Wednesday after being away. For like a month. So that is a strong number for being out of your time zone for uh, time slot for that long. And last but not least, also on that July 9th, uh, Dynamite Homecoming. It's They're going back to Jacksonville August 4th, 21. And they said that'll be the last time for a while. If I am to guess, barring any type of emergencies, I would say the next time they would be in Jacksonville after that is New Year's Evil, which is traditionally in Jacksonville. So. Uh, JR, there what do you think go. about those announcements, that news? Anything shocking? I
2: I, I can tell you this because uh, I already um, it came up in my feed about two weeks ago. All Out 2019 sold out in 15 minutes. 15 minutes All Out 2019 sold out. This is the first significant major AEW event since Revolution 2020 that will and this would be the, essentially the second biggest event that's like full capacity after Summerslam that will happened two weeks before. It's in the Midwest. Chicago is a great city for wrestling fans and travel. You, that travel. Chicago is a very easy to travel to uh, as international you know as the big airport. two of if them. You, if you pla- <laughs> if you coming into if you plan on it, you better make sure you're locked in and dial in to get your tickets because you will miss out if you're not dialed in and then um i mean of course mjf you know close to a million you know a million uh people watching his match you know certified star and i will say i i don't want to say i'm shocked but it is good to see though that after over a month of being on fridays and saturdays and their ratings were like half a million six hundred thousand to the first week back to get back up to almost, you know, 900,000, it shows that, you know, really shows the the dedication of the audience that AW has uh, to that Wednesday night time slot. So that's good to see because I was a little worried that I was like, man, is the audience going to drop off? And it didn't. And they put on a great show, too. That show built, that show built from beginning to end.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that will wrap it up for this episode of All Things Elite. First off, big thank you to our friend JR for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have him on. JR, uh, before we wrap it up, where can people once again find you and your Trick or Treat podcast on social media, and where can they find the podcast itself?
2: Um, yes. Once again, it is a pleasure to always get a chance to talk to you, uh, Austin, and, and of course, my brother Floyd. You can find me on Twitter at Lucha Professor, that is at Lucha Professor, as well as our podcast, a trick-or-treater podcast review horror movies that drops every Friday on Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Apple. Um, This week, as we're recording on Thursday, July 1st, we drop every Friday. Friday, July 2nd, we're dropping our review of I Know What You Did Last Summer, starring Freddie Pitch Jr., Sam Sam Michelle Giller, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ryan Philippe, Um, and our Twitter is at Trick or treat pod that is at Trick or Treat Pod, and you can find a lake tree to get our merchandise information and all of our uh, areas to subscribe to our podcast. Thank you again for having me, guys. Always a pleasure to get a chance to chat with you. Some good AW wrestling,
0: absolutely, man. Always great to have you on. Be sure to go and check out everything JR just listed right there for you. Support that, man. Uh, once again, continue to f- download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. It means the world. Leave ratings and reviews. If you listen to us on any other platform like Spotify or whatnot, just share us around with whoever you wish. It really means the world. Leave a donation through Red Circle if you're feeling generous. That would be great. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex is our podcasting network that make this show possible. Check out all their other podcasts as well. You're going to have some great listens. I am at SZoomer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And I got to go to sleep because I got to wake up early to get on a train to go to Chicago for the fourth weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to get to go to Chicago like three times this year because I have a concert I'm going to go to All Out, no question about it, and I have this weekend. So I'm going to have a lot of fun in Chicago in 2021, that's for sure. Shout out shytown town uh, But I will let Floyd, my man, take us home for this episode of All Things Elite.
1: Well, I just want to say before we go, thank you all to take some moment or time to listen to the show. I hope you are ready for us as AEW hits the road and you join on with us. Uh, I say this, be nice to JR, uh, not to JR, but Jim Ross, because he's Oklahoma's own, and I will fight you to the death. To protect JR, but no, uh, no, but I'm not kidding, but I am kidding, whatever, I don't know how to say that, but just be nice to people, I'm throwing that out there, I say that every week, uh, as we head into the 4th of July weekend, Independence Day, Cody's Day Because he is America. Uh, I want you all to just show your appreciation to the people around you, your friends and family that are there through the everydays, through our ups and downs, through our mood swings, through our depression, anxiety, all of that, your family, your friends, your people around you always there. Make sure you lean on them and take this weekend, which is a traditional family friends weekend, to let them know how much you care and how much you love them. And I will leave you with happy Independence Day. I am a real American. And whether you are at home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.